This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Well, the grains continue to generally trade sideways and in a range-bound pattern. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson expects that to shift, though, as we move closer to March. So we're just kind of in this listless, directionless, adrift market. I think that changes a little bit more as we get into March and start you know, debating acreage and so forth. But at this point, we're still just kind of trading the, you know, the tail end of the South American weather season. And, and whenever the, you know, we see the demand shift, if it happens, it'll still impact that. Bennett Consulting President Matt Bennett says traders are watching South American weather and geopolitical concerns closely. My calls were actually stronger. Uh, most people felt like the strong close there on Friday would maybe spill over, maybe have maybe a little gap higher type trade on Sunday night. But in all honesty, it was kind of blasé. Really wasn't much going on. Had some lower trade throughout the night, and then you open the day session and. You know, uh, times beans have been uh, up uh, double digits, and uh, uh, corn really isn't too far off the high as you and I speak, but uh, it's been kind of hanging around two to four higher all morning. There was a general risk off trade in the grains on Wednesday. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said the outside markets were the biggest factor there. Funds were big pushers here, especially in the soy complex and meal. Uh, we did trade meal over $500 here Monday, Tuesday. And uh, the old adage is that, uh, you know, cattle don't eat $500 meal. It might come to fruition here as we go forward. In the energy market, is volatile. We did see a huge build in that crude oil today, which also puts some pressure on it. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said the grain traders appeared to be covering short positions and preparing for the holiday weekend, while the livestock market was following the cash. You know, we've been waiting to see a little bit of a cash trade develop. And as far as the cash, you know, the live cattle market is concerned, we're seeing, you know, we get up there, but we're not able to hold it. Hopefully now, we, you know, with the long weekend, we'll see a little more cash trade develop. Peter cattle seem a little bit of uh, back and forth trading because of the higher corn market. But with the higher live cattle markets contract highs again, it's supporting the whole uh, complex. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strauma said that cattle market trying to hang on to those slight gains. We actually posted new contract highs again this morning, so that the live cattle is certainly trading at the upper end of, the, of their uh, their range. Uh, you look at the cash market, that looks about $2 higher this week. Uh, the the boxes have been firming, and the export sales were solid this week, too, and I think the highest weekly total since last May. So that's supportive to the live cattle. Uh, feeders kind of following the direction of the, of the live cattle, and Lean hogs, both sides have unchanged. Uh, we're trading with some red ink here into the afternoon, but the export sales report was good this week. Uh, the cash market's improving, but again, the futures are at a pretty steep discount to the cash. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz is that cattle market uh, was steady to finish the week following the cash market a bit higher futures have had a little bit of a pullback in here, and that's fine, too. I mean, we're in, the cattle market has still been very orderly, so uh, it gets its rallies up, it gets a little bit of correction, goes back on up, but the bottom line, it continues to slowly but surely move higher, and it still looks like there's going to be a, t a tighter supply and less cattle coming to market as you move into the second quarter of this calendar year. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says traders squared positions and headed out the door for the three-day holiday weekend. Yeah, we have President's uh, Day is on Monday, so the markets are closed Monday. We'll open up uh, Monday night at 7 central time. But, you know, a lot of the focus was on uh, the uh, better rains in Argentina this week, kind of helped uh, 
uh, give a little bit of a, a break to the market, but the support continues to come from fears that that's going to turn back drier again. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Don't miss the International Crop Expo Wednesday and Thursday, February 22nd and 23rd at the Alera Center in Grand Forks. There's educational seminars for small grains, potatoes, soybeans, and dry beans. Wednesday's keynote speaker, shark farmer Rob Sharkey, takes the stage at 1. And Thursday's keynote at 1, a panel discussion on Grand Farm, moderated by Grand Farm Director Brian Carroll. The International Crop Expo, Wednesday and Thursday, February 22nd and 23rd at the Alera Center in Grand Forks. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9 a.m. both days. Check out the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website. AURI is seeking a business development director focusing in on biomass and feedstocks. R.D. Offit Farms is looking for a team lead at Lisbon and has three agronomy internships available. Dakota Ingredients also has a job posted. Find out all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. For the first time in history, annual E15 sales in Minnesota topped the 100 million gallon threshold in 2022. Nearly 105.5 million gallons were sold last year. That represents a 21% increase from the previous record of 87 million gallons in 2021. Tensions between the U.S. and China have only increased following the downing of the Chinese spy balloon. There may be a chance to clear the air this weekend when Secretary of State Antony Blinken meets with Chinese diplomatic officials at a security conference in Germany. China is agriculture's number one customer and the markets are looking at any hint about the relationship between the two superpowers. And Summit Carbon Solutions has secured easements to build its pipeline on two-thirds of the proposed route in Iowa. The company released that information to legislators. The pipeline will take carbon from ethanol plants in five states, which will be stored underground in western North Dakota. In North Dakota, the Public Utilities Commission has scheduled four public hearings to take input on the pipeline project. And President Joe Biden has nominated Xochitl Torres to be the next Deputy Secretary of Agriculture. Tori Small is currently the USDA Undersecretary for Rural Development and previously represented New Mexico in Congress. Tori Small succeeds Deputy Secretary Jewel Brona, who is stepping down. USDA Animal Plant Health Inspection Service Administrator Kevin Shea will serve as the Acting Deputy Secretary in the interim. And the North Dakota Senate Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee unanimously gave its support to a proposal to restrict foreign ownership of farmland. Senator Aaron Tobin sponsored this bill. We know that farmers and ranchers in South Dakota don't want the China, Chinese Communist Party as our neighbors. We have to take every possible step to pre prevent this from happening. Countries like China are specifically targeting our ag land. Chinese ownership of U.S. farmland has increased by more than 20-fold since 2010. All of the major South Dakota farm groups testified against this bill. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem proposed legislation to restrict foreign ownership of farmland. The House passed a similar measure earlier this week. Mexico is opening its markets to imports of biotech corn for animal feed, but has ramped up its import ban on corn for human consumption. The National Corn Growers Association is urging the Biden administration to initiate the dispute settlement process through the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. 
And a class action lawsuit over the use of loyalty programs in the seed and crop protection business has been moved to a federal court in North Carolina. A Texas farmer filed antitrust actions against Syngenta and Corteva last fall, claiming these companies have loyalty programs for its wholesalers and retailers, which block them from selling less expensive generic products. The Federal Trade Commission and 10 state attorney generals, including Minnesota's Keith Ellison, will also take part of this lawsuit. And the Meatpacking Special Investigator Act was reintroduced by South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds. The bill would create the Office of Special Investigators for Competition Matters within the USDA with power to target and prevent anti-competitive practices among large players in the meat and poultry industries. Minnesota has gone two years without a bonding bill, but that is about to change. A proposal with nearly $1.9 billion in infrastructure protects has been unveiled. A vote could happen in both chambers by early March. This plan includes over $245 million for transportation. That would be broken down by $79 million for road improvements, $67 million for bridge replacements, and $18 million to assist with port development. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Every farm is unique. Every farmer makes their own decisions. Minnesota Farm Business Management delivers individualized service to help you through that process. It's my job to make sure you understand your ratio so you can make educated decisions. You understand your cost of production so you can make marketing decisions. You understand your crop insurance. You can help make those decisions. I try to make sure you understand what it is that you need to do on your business. Visit agcentric.org to find an instructor near you. Minnesota Farm Business Management. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Whitney Pittman, and Sierra Doctor. To deliver the news that impacts your bottom line, go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information. The Red River Farm Network. A look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Light snow and flurries are expected across the northern plains most days through next Wednesday. World Weather Incorporated says snowfall will be the heaviest Tuesday and Wednesday in the southwest. Occasional snow will fall during the second week of the two-week outlook beginning February 23rd. Temperatures will warm into the 30s and 40s this weekend and cool into the negative and positive single digits by Wednesday. Lows will fall into the single digits and teens below zero by Wednesday with a few negative 20 degree readings in the northwest. The latest U.S. drought monitor remains nearly unchanged for the northern plains. All of North Dakota, South Dakota, and the western half of Minnesota remain in D0 to D1, abnormally dry to moderate drought condition. The rest of the high plains and Midwest saw a slight improvement in drought conditions with the snow. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass says the melt rate and what happens in March and April will influence the soil moisture profile. Not only for you all is it low, but it's low down in, in the high states. It's, it's low all the way over to Ohio. So most of the Mississippi drainage basin, including the Missouri River, the Mississippi and Ohio, have to make a recovery by spring. Otherwise, we'll be just waiting on every rain to keep the crop going throughout the growing season. 
Snodgrass addressed the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo audience, saying an active weather pattern is expected this spring. Low water levels along the Mississippi River made headlines in 2022. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says transportation along the river is returning to normal. It did impede our ability to move product down to those export terminals. Uh, Fortunately, subsequent to that, we have seen a significant improvement in water levels. We've seen about a 20-foot improvement, so that's obviously good news. But it is something that we're going to continue to monitor and and keep our fingers on the pulse of because it it clearly, if you you return to a lack of precipitation, which then results in less water being funneled into our navigable rivers, you could clearly have a, a return to that you know, challenging situation. You know, the bottom line is we're very pleased that we're in a better position today than we were. Back-to-back rain systems reached the country's winter wheat region this week. World Weather Incorporated meteorologist Drew Lerner said topsoil moisture conditions will improve with these weather events. Lerner said this week's dual storm in the Central Plains may also lead to other opportunities for moisture as we head into spring. Weather remains a mixed bag for South America. World Weather Incorporated says Paraguay and much of Brazil will see regular rounds of rain and thunderstorms over the next two weeks, slowing harvest times. The northeastern and far southern regions of Brazil will remain mostly dry. Southern Argentina will have little opportunity for additional drought relief as a drier weather pattern returns beginning this weekend. World Weather says northern Argentina will get some timely rains with up to a half inch of rain falling late next week before dry weather returns February 28th through March 2nd. NDSU Extension Beef Cattle Specialist Zach Carlson says back-and-forth weather that we've been seeing could mean more respiratory issues in calves. You know, the classical, right, pneumonia case of, of, of kind of that, that uh, roller coaster um, definitely will stimulate, right, respiratory issues within our younger animals in particular, right, calves and stalkers or backgrounding calves. Carlson reminds producers to ensure dry bedding and adequate feed are available. This has been your look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. When we think March, we think crop insurance. Hi, this is Bethany Rents, crop insurance agent with Irie Insurance. We will be hosting a March farmer meeting to discuss the 2023 outlook, which will include examples using set spring MPCI prices and share strategies that are geared towards protecting your revenue and preserving your equity. Let us at Irie Insurance be your crop insurance partner. Join us for our meeting in Hillsborough on Thursday, March 2nd at 8 a.m. For location details, please visit our website at irieins.com. You're protected and appreciated at Irie. Irie Insurance is an equal opportunity provider. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more.